Collegiately speaking. And we're underway. Needs a block on the picker. He gets it. And will he go the distance? Yes, he will. Touchdown, Michigan State. As the Hokies deliver the dagger here in Tallahassee. Intercepted by the Wildcats. The Wildcats win. Unbelievable. Here's Collegiately Speaking, your one-stop shop for college football news. Collegiately Speaking. With Dave Enn and former Northwestern quarterback Dan Person. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountain? Collegiately Speaking. And welcome to another edition of Collegiately Speaking for WGNRadio.com. I'm Dave Ennett, joined by former Northwestern Wildcat quarterback Dan Persa. It is Big Ten Championship Week, so we thought we would reconvene and look ahead to Saturday's events in Indianapolis. It's been quite a regular season, and now you have... Two teams left standing, just like everybody predicted, Northwestern and Ohio State for the Big Ten title. At least on one side, right? I think you know, everyone thought Northwestern had a, would have a pretty good season, but Wisconsin was number three, I think, preseason, So, and, and Iowa was, was rated pretty highly as well, but Northwestern just continued to take care of business, you know. All of those, the cynics in the Northwestern crowd, when we had the lead, or when Northwestern had the lead with three games ago, thought, all right, how are we going to find a way to mess this up? And then Northwestern goes 3-0 and and takes care of business. And, you know, against Illinois, I think all of, everybody who follows the program was kind of pulling their hair out at the end of the game. But um, Fitz is Big Ten Coach of the Year for a reason. So well, it's, it's, it's all good stuff. You know, it's really remarkable when you look at it and you look at uh, the Big Ten West where Wisconsin was – uh, I believe they were fourth in the preseason polls, and yet you look at the division, and Northwestern not only wins the division, but they beat Wisconsin by three games. Wisconsin and Iowa and, and Purdue, they all finished at five and four, but a three-game cushion to win the division. I don't think there's anybody, no matter how optimistic you would have been about Northwestern, who would have foreseen that. No, it wasn't even close. And I think, you know, 15 out of 16 games, 7-1 in the Big Ten this year. It's It's been an unbelievable run for Northwestern in the Big Ten. And they haven't lost the Big Ten West. They didn't lose a Big Ten West game um, this year and, and going into last year. So it's it's been an unbelievable run. And it's just funny. And, and you, heard, you heard Fitz kind of talk about this in the post game. People continue to bring up the slow start and kind of the narrative that falls this team around that they lost to Akron, you know, got got – Hung with Michigan and Notre Dame, lost to Duke. That didn't turn out to be a great team. So that narrative's still there, but it's, I mean, it's been an unbelievable season for them. I, I think it's, it's, I guess it becomes a convenient narrative because it's been the story a couple of times. Right. But if you go back, and I was going back through the records a little bit on this, Dan, and I believe if you look at the last four years in November, Northwestern's record, I think is, is something like, 15 and 3, 13 and 3. Sounds about right. And one of those losses was this year's loss to Notre Dame. So now here comes Ohio State with a a Big Ten championship hanging in the balance. We're pleased to welcome a good friend and the outstanding voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes, Paul Keels, who also, of course, accurately predicted this Big Ten championship matchup. Right? Of course. You know, listening to you guys talk, Dave, about uh, everybody moaning and groaning about Northwestern. Prior to last week, Ohio State's 10-1, and one, and you'd have thought the world was ending around here. <laughs> I, you know, that's the amazing part to me, because, uh, you know, on one hand, I understood people looking at uh, this game 
and, and saying, you know, Michigan's really good. I mean, that was the best defensive team I had seen all year in college football. I don't know about you, Dan, but fair, but yeah. it's certainly you could make that argument. Uh, and yet, there was this undercurrent of, yeah, but now they've got to go to Columbus and play Ohio State, and it's going to be a different story. Uh, yet, Paul, I sort of got the sense that given the way the season has gone for Ohio State, even though they have dominated this series with Michigan in recent years, and this rivalry has swayed heavily towards Ohio State, especially the games in Columbus, that that people weren't all that uh, surprised by the outcome. Is that fair? Or, or, or maybe the extent of it, the lopsided result of the game, would be the one thing that really shocked people. Dave, that, the latter is, is more the story. I think people thought that if Ohio State could win the game, two things were going to have to happen. First off, they would have to play better than they had all season, and they did. And secondly, that it might be similar to the week before against Maryland, where it would be back and forth and maybe he could out by one point. Uh, the fact that they were able to win that game running away, uh, and especially, as you said, against the number one ranked defense in the country, running the ball, which at times had been a little bit of an issue, and and, and the other improvement was the fact that the defense, which had been bothered by numerous missed tackles in various games, didn't have that problem occur. But, yeah, the extent of it is what really surprised everybody. Well, what does that say then, Paul, about the, this team, that uh, along the way that they didn't achieve their true potential or perhaps that Maryland game gave them a wake-up call? How do you read it? You know, I think that it's probably that they hadn't reached their achievement. And maybe, Dave, the frustrating part for Buckeye fans is that there was a feeling that this team would be better than what they've shown. And and I think that uh, certainly on the defensive side, there was clear knowledge that not only had they lost a lot of very talented players from the previous year, but they lost a very valuable assistant coach in Kerry Combs, who was one of their defensive backs coach, who left to join Mike Brable in the NFL. So, those things were factors. You know, you've got two new starters at linebacker. You've got a handful of new starters in the defensive secondary. And you also, after three games, lose Nick Bosa at defensive end, or two and a half games, really. So, you know, there was a lot of concern and hope that maybe this defense would adjust, they would get up to speed, uh, because Ohio State, as you guys have seen, has played defense at such a high level. And the really puzzling thing on the offensive side was this is a team that at times struggled running the football with two tailbacks that each had run for a 1,000 yards. And, you know, there was also the loss of J.T. Barron and the running threat that he was at quarterback. So it was a number of those things that really had people scratching their head. But you felt like this was a team that, that had some of the makings that they could play a little more better football than, than what they had showed at different times. Thanks, Paul. Dan Percy here. Thanks again for joining us. I think transitioning pleasure, to, to Northwestern, um, obviously watching Ohio State play all year, I at least knew that they were this talented and kind of felt this coming. If they're going to play very strong in one game, it's going to be against Michigan and, and to go to the Big Ten title. So I wasn't that shocked. Um, but what is what are the Ohio State players and coaches saying about Northwestern? I know Urban Meyer and the players are going to say they have a ton of respect, but when you look at the rosters, I mean, Ohio State's a lot more talented. And for them to, to jump Oklahoma in the college football playoff, they need to make a statement. What, what's kind of going on inside the locker room with the players and coaches? How do they actually feel about this matchup? Well, Dan, I think you're right as far as them playing the way they did against Michigan and just kind of the focus that comes and the history of that rivalry and the way that it's really 
really embraced by players and coaches. So, you know, the fact that they were more focused than they were against any other opponent I, it is a good point. Uh, yes, and there's the coach speak about Northwestern and, and their respect for, for Pat and, and the players, and I think there's, uh, you know, the familiarity with a, what, a dozen or more players in the state of Ohio that are on the Northwestern roster. But for those players who were on this roster for Ohio State two years ago, remembering having to fight their way to get a four-point victory against Northwestern in Columbus is probably very fresh on their mind. There's a great realization of what it is that Clayton Thorson can do. Uh, Urban Meyer talked about his familiarity with both of the coordinators and the jobs that they've done. So, you know, and the the other part, Dan, that maybe the coaches and players aren't saying, saying that fans and all the rest of us are very aware of, this is an Ohio State team that, did not win games against the likes of Nebraska, Minnesota, and maybe even Indiana, and especially Maryland, by the margins that people thought that they should, given the talent that is perceived on this team. So that's kind of the the, the real, I don't know if you'd say scary part, but if you're trying to identify what is this Ohio State team, is it what we saw last Saturday? Or is it what we saw in the first uh, 10, 11 weeks of the season? And that's that's kind of the big question that hangs in everybody's mind. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think you brought up an, a great point about the, the game two years ago. And the game, I think it was 2013? 13. 13. The where, night game. Yeah, the night game where it was it was back and forth. And Northwestern's played, obviously, the, the series has been very lopsided over you know the, its eternity. But you know the last couple games have been been really tight. What, what does Ohio State really need to do to make a statement and and take care of Northwestern this weekend, in your opinion. Yeah, I remember that 13 game in overtime when Joey Bosa fell on a ball at the end of the game. Right. I also remember 2004 when Heron scored the game-winning touchdown yeah, right. in oh, overtime. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that Ohio State probably has to do, Dan, is <clears throat> be able to run the ball the way they have the last couple of weeks to create some balance. And, you know, one of the other big factors is that Dwayne Haskins, who I think one of his teammates put out on social media earlier in the year, that when he ran the football, he looked like C-3PO from Star Wars. But now he has become a little more assertive. And and some of it may have to do with the fact that the first game he did that was back in his home state of Maryland. But it creates a threat. So if he's able to do that, if Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins continue to give them what they can do running the football, then that probably helps keep Northwestern's defense honest. And, you know, then with what they've done throwing the ball and Haskins doing so at a record clip, uh, it really gives them a great opportunity. And on the defensive side, it's got to be, number one, not giving up big plays because that's what they've been guilty of at times, starting with game one against Oregon State when they gave up a 90-some-year touchdown run, uh, but also not have the problem of missed tackles. Uh, that was huge in their loss to Purdue. It was huge in the overtime win over Maryland. And, and then I'll throw a third thing in there, too. This is a team that has been prone to committing penalties uh, around the double-digit range. And I know Northwestern, if I'm not mistaken, is the least penalized team in the nation. So, you know, those are the things that they're really going to have to pay attention to detail to to be able to win the football well, game. Well, you know, in my, my mind, the one guy who could really be a key in this game, if, in fact, Northwestern is to uh, to battle the Buckeyes down to the wire. It's going to be Isaiah Bowser, uh, who's one of the guys on this team, Paul, who has not faced Ohio State. But there's another one of those Ohio natives. You mentioned Haskins having a big game against uh, against Maryland, and and Bowser. You got to think uh, a guy from Ohio. Uh, I I don't really know offhand whether there was any history there with Ohio State. I don't think, I don't think so. so. Yeah, yeah and, and so a chance now to play against his home state university a, on a stage like this 
And that's that's got to provide a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of concern for the Ohio State defense. Oh, there, there's always that concern. Yeah, from Sydney, Ohio. And, you know, Dave, I, uh, Jim Lachey and I had a chance to do two of the state championship games that Jeremy Larkin played in at Cincinnati LaSalle when, you know, his team won state titles. And, you know, when you heard the story about how he had to give up football, you wondered what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, here's another Ohio kid in Bowser with the way he's exploded. And, you know, I think that's the thing that, that Urban Myers talked about and probably what this team is doing. They know what it is that Northwestern is and what they're going to do. And here's a guy that... Uh, you know, at, at least from watching the game last week, uh, Bowser seems to be one of those between-the-tackles guys. He can make great cuts, uh, probably faster than what he looks like on TV. And, and, and given the fact that Ohio State has had issues at times at the linebacker and secondary level, that is a big concern. I think also throwing there, Dave, an experienced offensive line and a quarterback who can keep plays alive. I, I don't know how mobile uh, how the difference in mobility is for Clayton since his injury, but you know, obviously that's something he brings to the party. So, but you're right. When it's you know, I, I still remember back when John Cooper was coaching. I think it was his last year. They played in the Outback Bowl against South Carolina, and uh, South Carolina had a running back by the name of Ryan Brewer uh, from Troy, Ohio. Randy Walker's hometown, by yep. the way. Yep. And he he had just lightly been recruited by Ohio State, and he ran ragged over the Buckeyes. So uh, there's always that concern that that native Ohioans are going to be fired up to play well against the Buckeyes. Is there any sense, Paul, what kind of style points come into play here for Ohio State if they want to not only win the game but get into the playoff or or, or how much of a statement they have to make? You know, Dave, I think that there is a feeling that there has to be some style points as well as some outside help. I, you know, those who are, are, are realistic, I think they understand or at least have the feeling, and it's kind of the feeling I have, that just a win is not going to help Ohio State. They need, you know, first off, they need Alabama to win and not have Georgia win the SEC and muddy the water there. Uh, and then if, if Texas were able to knock Oklahoma off, I think that probably would help as well. Uh, you know, I think we saw in 2014 when Ohio State went into the Big Ten championship game, very much in need of style points and very much in need of outside help, and they shut out Wisconsin 59 to nothing. There's nobody in the world that's expecting anything like that, but there is a feeling that they probably do have to have some style points and hoping that what they did against Michigan last week probably, in hindsight, might help the argument a little bit as well. Well, you just hit on one other difference, which is uh – Ohio State's been through this. Northwestern's playing in the Big Ten championship game for the first time. How much of a factor do you think that sort of experience is for this team? I think it is a little, Dave, and, and I think what it's done when Ohio State has played in this game, the first time they played in it, they lost, and that was Urban Meyer's first loss as coach at Ohio State when they lost to Michigan State. Uh, but they're familiar with the surroundings, all of those things that, you know, ultimately when it comes to game time, it probably doesn't make a difference for players and coaches. But what we've seen when Ohio State has played there in Indianapolis, as well as some other indoor facilities, a team that already has quite a bit of speed, they really seem to be able to uh, expand on that when they're playing indoors and playing on that, that surface that's there in Indianapolis. So, I, you know, I think it, it, there is something, but by the same token, I don't think you can discount the excitement for Northwestern being there. And, you know, one of the things we've talked about on our shows back here on our stations is, you know, looking at what Northwestern has done, not just this year, 
of what they've done over the last two years. What is it, 15 and 6, 15 out of 16 in the Big Ten? Yes. Uh, so I think that's something that really grabs people's attention. Well, still the thought that you just touched on of Ohio State possibly being faster. Yeah, there. I just spoke up from a nightmare. That's yeah. a little scary. But uh, all right, Dave, well, last question then. Uh, you've been through this. Uh, this is my first one. What can I expect in Indianapolis Saturday? You know what? I, I think, which especially knowing that it's a sellout and then hearing the stories about, you know, all the Northwestern students that are going to be coming, I, what I think, Dave and Dan, you're going to see is something that's similar to a bowl game, uh, similar to what we've seen in the past with uh, the, the national playoff games that Ohio State's been in and the national championship games. It'll be a feisty atmosphere. It'll be a fun atmosphere. Um, Dave, you know from the Big Ten basketball tournament being in Indianapolis, you'll, you'll really see how that city is, has embraced it and, and made for a good setting. Um, you know, the, the stadium is a, it's a fantastic stadium for football. Uh, the press box is high. It's not as high as when you come to Columbus, but it's pretty high. Um, <laughs> Where but, you but see I, the you know, planes think... below you? You mean that, that press box? <laughs> Yes, that one. Um, but I think, you know, what you'll see when you get there is uh, kind of a bowl game type atmosphere within the stadium. It, it, I think it'll be an awful lot of fun. And uh, Indianapolis is a great place to have it. I, I've always barked on the air. I think the, <clears throat> the basketball tournament should should probably always be there. And as you know, Dave, everybody can walk to everything in downtown Indianapolis. Yep. So it, I think you'll really enjoy seeing just what the whole atmosphere is like. Looking forward to it. 58 busloads uh, coming from northwestern from what i understand so should wow, be should be quite amazing. it should be quite an atmosphere paul a great talking to you thanks for your time i look forward to seeing you this weekend in indy thanks paul sounds good dan and dave take care thanks a lot paul keels the uh-huh. outstanding play-by-play voice of the ohio state buckeyes yeah i mean it's you know it's old hat to them but uh this for the uh, northwestern side is a new experience the good thing is dan i think that a couple of things I look at from Northwestern standpoint. One is you have a quarterback who has started 51 consecutive games. So uh, th- there's a lot to be said for that. He's made more starts than any quarterback, I believe, in the Big Ten. He's the winningest quarterback in Northwestern history. And I think the fact that Northwestern, not only they put that record together in the Big Ten over the last two years, but they've won their bowl games the last two years so so after all those years where they would get to a bowl game and couldn't quite get over the hump they had the tough overtime losses Mm. to missouri and i don't have to tell you about this but but they've been through it they've had success and they're healthier now i think going in than they've been for the past month yeah i think it's a really good point first with with clayton um at least I'm encouraged by how he's played the last two weeks. In the middle of the season, I thought he was a little shaky and inconsistent, but um, against Minnesota and Illinois, I thought he was really sharp, um, both running and throwing the football. And, yeah, I, I'm excited. It's it's going to be a great atmosphere. I think it's the nice thing and the thing that gives me comfort and confidence going into the game for Northwestern is you mentioned it. In bowl games, the coaches typically cut it loose, and I think that's why they've had a lot of success. They throw they throw the book at the other team and say, look, you're going to get everything we got. There's no more hiding. You know, you heard Fitz talk about it against Illinois, and I, I don't necessarily agree with, you know, hiding plays or, or pulling in the playbook at any point, but that's that's not going to be a question this game. And, um, you know, you, I think you'll see trick plays. I think you'll see them change not their identity completely. They're still going to want to establish the run, especially against the Ohio State um, run defense, which hasn't been great. But 
and I think Clayton's gonna have a great game. He's he's always been one of those guys that steps up in big games and and doesn't flinch in, in these moments. So it's gonna be really exciting. I, I think you know the Northwestern fans hopefully show up in in droves, and I think they will. Um, but you never know until you, until you get there. And Ohio State travels, you know, as well or better than any team in the Big Ten. Um, but at the end of the day. I think Paul's right. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Indy, you know, I go down. One of my good friends, Brian Peters, a former Northwestern player, mm-hmm. plays for the Texans. And when they play the Colts, we go down and, and see him there. And it's it's an awesome game day town. Like you said, you can walk everywhere. Everybody embraces it. Um, it's, it's just going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be a fun weekend. The speed of Ohio State is scary. Yeah, it's it's really scary. And I think we saw that against Michigan, right? Can we... You know, can we keep up with those guys? Uh, Michigan has the best defense in the country. They they kind of stymied us, and yeah. they ran ragged against Michigan. And not to say that our back end slow, but the front seven is definitely the str- the strong point of Northwestern's defense. And I think getting a lot of these guys back is is really going to help. But the, again, the thing that scares you is you guys that you have guys on Ohio State that you don't even know about, like that Olave, Chris Olave, who comes out of nowhere, scores two touchdowns, blocks a punt. You're like, who is this guy? And right. their roster is full of that. So you just hope you don't poke a sleeping bear with some of those guys and someone, they just slow down a little bit. Well, there can only be 11 of them on right, the field at one time, yeah, right? True. All right, that gets us to our Super Joe prediction of the week. Prediction to say or estimate a specified thing will happen in the future. Super, Super Joe's predictions. predictions. All right, back at it. Uh, big game this weekend, obviously, in Indy. I've uh, been there. Haven't been to the Lucas Oil Stadium, either of my Wolverines. Uh, so this, uh, I am not going to pick a side in this game, but I am going to look at the total, which is hovering right around 60. And I like what Paul said. I think there are some style points available, and Ohio State's defense is susceptible some, to some big plays. Uh, so I think the total will go over 60 wow. this weekend. Well, it certainly did last week in Columbus. Yeah. And yeah, Ohio State may or may not have gotten the over by themselves yeah, but, in the third quarter. But the fact is that that Michigan scored over, what, 30 points in that game? 39, 39 strong 39? points from the Wolverines. 39 points, not, not enough. enough. Not enough. Not enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're predicting an over. Yes, sir. That's your prediction. So I think this, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, the spread's holding strong at 14 yeah. right now. I think Northwestern, as a dog um, on the road, quote-unquote, here in Indy, I think they're 11-1 and one, um, in the last 12 games, or 11-1-1 in the last mm-hmm. 13. So I think Northwestern's going to cover, Dave. I'll, I'll let you pick the, the final score, but I think it's a it's a safe cover for Northwestern, you even know, I, with, the, with the style points being out there. I'm, I'm not sure what the final score is going yeah. to be, but I, I'm kind of with you on this one because I think that for whatever reason – this team tends to play well in these kinds of games when they are away from home, number one, when they are decided underdogs. Uh, it's a little bit different. I mean, it's funny. You go back to last season. They, Penn State was fourth in the country when they came in, and that was a team that a lot of people were touting as a potential Big Ten champion at the end of last year, coming off that great Rose Bowl game the year before. And... Northwestern had a very bad game against them, and and it was unusual. And since yeah. then, uh, well, since then they've lost one Big Ten game, and that was a game in which they led seventeen nothing over Michigan, and they were underdogs in that one, and they were underdogs against Notre Dame, and they had a chance there if they could have made a stop on third and five late in the game. So, so I believe that that they will battle it down to the wire, and, and I think if you do that. Then you take your chances. 
it's, I think, an honest comment by Pat Fitzgerald. Two things he said this week. Number one, nobody's going to pick us. And he said not even, his, not yeah. even his parents would. <laughs> right. And I get that. But he also said that you don't know when this opportunity will come along again. If you're Ohio State, I don't know that you look at a Big Ten championship game and say, we're not going to have this chance again next year, the year after that, and the year after that. But I think that if you look at Northwestern, the season they've had, and a chance now to play for a trip to Pasadena, I think it's it's probably a pretty honest and sincere statement to say, we don't know if we're going to be here again. Probably will. Probably are going to be good for a long time. But you're, there are no guarantees in this game. No. Look at Wisconsin. They fully expected to be there this year. And where are they? So I think because of that, I think – He's going to have this team ready to play, and I think that Ohio State's going to be ready, and I think they're going to want to make style points. That's why I think this has the makings of a really, really entertaining football game. I agree with that. Yeah, and you know, just being at the game last week in Columbus, there's a couple things that Northwestern needs to focus on. Get out there and punch them in the mouth. Do not wait because Ohio State can pounce in a hurry. And the other thing is get pressure in the quarterback's face because if if he gets all day, he is about as good a prospect as there is. Like he might leave after. The, oh, I'm sure he, after I the mean, Big Ten he's, championship, he's really he's, good. Yeah. Well, so, a couple, well, a couple of names then with that in mind. Keep in mind this week, and and Dan said. He expects Clayton to have a big game. I would expect Patty Fisher, the middle linebacker, to have a big game, and Joe Gaziano, because you know it tends to be as those guys go. Not that there aren't other guys on that defense who play really well, and having Nate Hall back this week certainly yeah. helps, and Montre Hardage, guys like that. But as those guys go, you know it's kind of the way this defense, I think, will play. Yeah, and I think the question is, can they get pressure against that monstrous offensive line? I think the, the guard's out. His name's escaping me for the game. But, you know, you look at Ohio State, that's an NFL offensive line. Mm-hmm. And they've struggled against, you know, to block for the, for the run. They haven't ran the ball particularly well. But in the past game, they're not giving up a ton of sacks. So I think Coach Hankowitz has to find a way, whether it's four man, a four man game and Joe getting pressure or bring, bring pressure. You know, with different blitzes as they did it against Notre Dame and Michigan, they've, they've got to find ways to make Dwayne Haskins uncomfortable or it's going to be a 6-TD night again. All right, it's going to be fun to see how this all plays out. It all starts a little after 7 o'clock Saturday night Central Time at Lucas Oil Stadium. We will bring you the game on WGN Radio, on your WGN app, at WGNRadio.com. Pretty much anywhere that you can hear us, you will hear the game on Saturday. And we hope you will. And uh, Daniel you and I will be in Indy. Should be a fun weekend. Can't wait. Look forward to it. Joe is maybe is not going to be there, but He'll he's going to be. He's going to be rooting for the Cats. We <laughs> That's, know right. That. That's right. That's uh, right. Thanks to Paul Keels for j- jumping on with us. That's going to do it for this edition of Collegiately Speaking. Thanks for being with us. Uh, you've been listening to Collegiately Speaking from WGNRadio.com. So long, everybody. 